This is an ABC podcast. Hello, Pineapple Gang. Claire Hooper with you. Do you know what I love? Secrets. We all have them. Little secrets that, you know, maybe you're just desperate to tell someone. Maybe someone like a good friend and podcast host. Our secrets lurk everywhere. And a lot of the time, they live in the stuff we own. That really expensive bike you bought five years ago and have never used might be about a secret desire to get into shape. That old T-shirt from an ex-partner that you hold on to even though you're in a really good relationship now. That might be about letting go of the past. It's the stuff that makes us, us. There's a reason private investigators go through people's garbage. Secrets. And there's one space where our secrets love to hang out. No, I'm not talking about our hearts. I'm talking about the space in the house that stores everything you don't know what to do with. You might have even put some things into boxes or bags or bins during this season and left them there, even though Peter Walsh told you not to. Don't put it down. Put it away. It's where you put the stuff you might just need one day. The giant key you got on your 21st signed by your extended family. It's the garage, the shed, the junk room, the cupboard under the laundry sink. It doesn't matter what you call it. Whatever that space is in your house, it's time to deal with it. This season we're getting tidy because life is messy. Today we're going to conquer this wilderness together and learn tips from an expert so that this space never stresses you out again. I'm meeting Carly Skernick, who's in the middle of sorting out her garage with professional organiser Anita Burgess. Let's go in, shall we? Hello. All right. Hello. Hi. Whose garage is this? Hi. Hi. I'm Claire. Hi, I'm Carly. Hi, Carly. It's lovely to meet you. So I'm Carly Skernick. Um, I am a mother of two boys, married to my husband Manny. I've got a son six years old and when he was two, Ma now, four year old, was born. Um, Unfortunately, he was born with a congenital heart disorder where day three we ended up in the the children's hospital. Unfortunately, he was there for the better part of seven months and as a mum, I disappeared for my older child for all that time. I think it created other people running my whole house. And me being absent from my older son for the better part of seven months to a year, he had three open heart surgeries and and we went through a bit of a rough time then. We lived in a three-storey house which everything went wrong. We ended up selling that house, moving to a single storey. So you can imagine from a bigger house to a smaller house how much extra stuff you have and the clutter and all of that. And I think maybe because it was feeling guilty we I kept on buying my older son presents and presents and presents and all that sort of stuff just builds up and builds up and builds up now that Carly's youngest is out of the woods she wants to restore some sense of order for peace of mind on the home front like so many people do when they downsize Carly and her family packed a lot of gear from their old larger house into the garage of their new place it was always that place you go that because you don't, you've got too much stuff, everything comes into the garage. So I guess from the beginning, it was full. For me, decluttering my garage, for me personally, just means that for the first time, I think in four years, that I can just feel organized, that I can get back my life, I can get back on track. 
You know those people who just radiate love for what they do? Yeah, professional organiser Anita is one of those people. And it's because I get to give people back time that they never thought they had. So not only do I get to be in people's homes and they open up their complete homes, their cupboards and their drawers as well, they're trying to make their life easier and their family's life easier. And I get to be part of that. And I get to be part of a solution. And she says most of us are falling into a common and stressful trap. The most common thing I find walking into people's homes is that they have too much stuff. Let me tell you what I see here. Yeah. We, we've got a, you walk through the awning into this single car garage. It's mm-hmm. pretty low roof, blue painted walls, and there's quite a lot of shelving in here already. And what I see immediately is a double pram and a single pram and some camping equipment and a lot of plastic tubs and just a lot of random stuff as well. A lot of laundry products, paper towels, wrapping paper, an old filing box, just a lot of, just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Carly likes to shop big to reduce time spent at the shops. Bulk buy. You're a bulk buyer, my love. Yes, for certain things. Okay, but... Time oh, saving. that's a lot of towels. Well, yeah, no, I get that. That yeah. is a time... If you've got room to put bulk buys, then it means a quarter of the number of trips to the shop. Correct. I get that. Yes, but not always. And actually, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of families have this great idea in mind of going to Costco or wherever it may be in bulk buy, but they actually have no idea where they're going to put it in their home. Have you ever thought to yourself, I need to buy toothpaste in a pack of 20? Bulk buying is one of those areas that can divide organisers and us normal plebs. On one hand, it can save you time and money, but on the other, it could clutter your home to the point where you don't really know what you own. So you rebuy the same stuff and that costs you time and money. Also, landfill. So when it comes to buying in bulk, a good rule of thumb is to have one dedicated space to store these purchases. It could be a shelf in the garage. Once this space is full, no more bulk buying. Back to you, Anita. You know, me doing this clutter and decluttering thing every single day, when people live in um, stuff that they can't find anything, when you're trying to get your kids ready for school and you're trying to make dinner or you're trying to um, get the kids ready for a trip camping and you can't find that bloody sleeping bag, you feel like you're the worst person in the world. Correct. You just can't fix this one piece that will get them on that trip beautifully. And what do you end up doing? Going out to Kmart and buying another one. Yeah. yeah. To try and fix, and it's just a band-aid problem. So for me, to be able to do this with Carly and for her to be able to say like several times today, it's like, oh my God, I've been looking for this. It's like you give somebody back a bit more time that they can then spend with their kids. Yeah. Or they can, you know, get off on that family trip a bit faster. And it's that guilt as well now as a working mother that, I, you know, I've lost a year, but I'm never around to spend the time with my kids. All right, can we just take a moment to acknowledge something that we may have all been thinking, which is often the expectation to get things in order falls to one member of the household, and it's often the woman. It's that mental load thing they talk about, that thing where only one person knows what system's in place and only one person is following those systems. Well, can I just say that every organiser we've met so far calls BS on this setup? They told us again and again that systems only work when there are shared responsibility between all the adults of any home. Could be a couple with kids, could be a couple with a cat, an adult sharehouse, living with your parents, it don't matter. 
all parties need to agree on how a house will function. Otherwise, if it's all falling on one person, they are also tidying up after everyone else and the dynamic just doesn't work properly. Oh, geez, sorry, sorry, Anita, this is, this is your job. If there's no system in a garage or in any type of room, you can't expect everyone to know what's in your head of how yeah. you want things to be. Mm. And I always say that people would rather do nothing than do something wrong. So what do they do? They'll just be like, I'll put it here. Yeah. And hope for the best. Rather than if things are labelled and put away and written, you know, catering, picnic, camping, then people want to do something right. And they want to show that they, you know, that they'll put it in the, in the right place. But yeah. a, lo- a lot of things here, what we've, I mean, we found jam. Like, you know. Still good? <laughs> I, I wouldn't try it. No, no, try no it. that was one of the things you decided you could let go of. Exactly. exactly. Okay, exactly. congratulations. Hmm. Jam doesn't generally need long-term storage, but, you know, who are we to judge? So, like any room, when it comes to garages or everything else spaces, we want to clear the space and then organise. Remember, back in the bedroom episode, we spoke about decluttering. Keep, donate, mend or chuck. Same rules still apply here. Obviously, we're in a garage, but wherever you chuck, everything else, like a shed or a drawer, declutter that space first. But hold up, I hear you say. What about that pile of stuff you're planning on making a little cash on? Nothing wrong with that. Carly's garage is full of stuff to sell, only it's been sitting there for quite some time. I've been trying to sell my pram and my car seat that we no longer use on Gumtree or whatever for the better part of four months, and I haven't done it. Anita says, yes, you can make cash from clutter, but be realistic about how large that gold mine really is. Look, the whole point is is that I always say you didn't buy it as an investment, these things, right? You didn't buy it to say, oh, you know, I'm going to buy this so I can get this much back on it. A pram is a pram. You need it for your child. So whether you do give it away to a, you know, there's a lot of things like mummy's paying it forward. There's a lot of charities and stuff around all over that you can give it to and pass it on. And you know what? Even put it up on Gumtree is free. Even put, the point is, it's actually causing clutter and taking a big space in your home and taking time out of your life to every time post, repost, take a picture. But you've done it once. You, I always say, look, give it a go because if you can get some money back for it, great. But how long? You've got to set yourself a time. So like, okay, usually with my clients saying, okay, let's put things up for sale. Let's give it four weeks. And then we make a deal. We shake on it. It's not gone in four weeks. I'm, you know, see you later. All right, Anita, fine. We'll put limits on selling things. Four weeks it is. And if it doesn't sell, donate. I've got a lot of bibs to move. I mean, I'm still going to try and get some money out of it. All the little items, can you sell? Yes. Am I going to sell it? No. That sort of stuff, I agree with Anita. But the big ticket items, yes. The double but You've got to give it a bit of time, but you've also got to be realistic. Carly and Anita place everything from the garage onto a tarp sitting out on the front lawn. They find an absolute treasure trove of forgotten treasures, but mainly platters. Yes, yeah. all right, this is the... Um this is the zone where the things that will never return to the garage go, right? Exactly. Oh, look. Yeah, right. And I can see things that would have been hard for you to get rid of. You know, like there's a beautiful domed cake platter. And, you know, I get that. What, what, oh, no, am I bringing up something that you've already argued over? 
Because she said before she was there, went, there's another cake platter inside. And she was like, this is the only cake platter I have. I promise it's the only cake platter I have. And then this was like down in the bottom in the depths <laughs> of the garage. And I was like, you do have two. I knew you had two. What I'm hearing, Carly, is you've been lying to her all day. The whole day. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're trying to protect your stuff. And yeah. then she just wants to get rid of your stuff. So it's like that fine line where you keep it or you don't. Next, it's time to organise. A useful way to think about multi-purpose spaces like garages or sheds is in terms of zones. These zones are just areas for different activities. It'll mean you know where to find things when you need them. There could be a zone for your sports gear, a zone for your tools, you can hang them on the wall for more space, a gardening zone. The things you use most should be the easiest to reach. And large, rarely used items can live at the back corner of a space. This can also help to keep chemicals or other dangerous items out of reach. Organiser Anita suggests a one-time investment in weatherproof storage tubs. Make sure you also use clear containers, sturdy containers, because it's that once you put the system in, it stays. It's not like you're the, it's not like a child that evolves after two years old, four years old. You change their wardrobe, you change their bedroom, that kind of thing. A garage, pretty much, once you put in the system, it will stay for the whole time you live in your home, and it actually can add value to your home as well. Having an organised garage with great storage. Thanks, professional organiser Anita Burgess. We'll check back in with Carly after she's finished the declutter. Meanwhile, she's finding all sorts of things. Um, that's the bagel holder. Yeah. Or the bagel cutter that my late grandmother gave me. Holds bagels firmly and securely for even slicing. I bet you can do it by hand. Yeah, well, you, that's the point. You look it's, like someone who could slice a bagel. Am I going to use it? No. And that's the only way you can think about it. Um, you have to be ruthless if you want to declutter. You've got this, Carly. And you know who else has got us? Someone who lives in a coffee pot that I'm really glad I didn't get rid of. Calling on decluttered genie and genius Peter Walsh. <laughs> you give me way more credit than I deserve. It is a pleasure to be here, Claire. So what's the problem today? Well, all right, we're talking about garages and I've just seen a garage where... I mean, it's basically become the home of things she doesn't know what to do with. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 very common. Look, look, another way of talking about clutter is clutter is decisions delayed. Yes, clutter is decisions delayed, and garages are full of delayed or avoided decision. Many garages, like, oh, yeah, I have those boxes. Yeah, they've been in there for the last three moves. Or, yeah, you know, someone died and we put the boxes in there. Oh, yeah, my son moved out four years ago and that's his stuff in boxes. In the It's all delayed decisions. And here's the thing. If you can't find something, you don't own it. If you can't find it, you don't own it. And so garages have just become kind of this black hole of clutter (laughs) where, oh, I'll get to that at some stage. So here's the deal. You need today to start taking, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day and just slowly going through those boxes. If they belong to someone else, make a phone call and say you have two weeks to come and get them or I'm just donating the whole box to charity. You're not a storage facility for anyone and for all the stuff that you find difficult to go through, sentimental stuff, if it's important, show me it's important by treating it with honour and respect. Stop biting your fingernails. <laughs>
Oh, that decluttered genie, Peter Walsh, really knows how to keep me on my toes. Such tough love. All right, you know how this works by now. Here's what we've learned about taming that unruly space of your garage, shed or wherever you chuck everything else. One, if you're holding on to things to sell them, set yourself a time limit. Consider four weeks and if it's not sold, exit that vintage armchair you found on the side of the road from your life. Two, have a dedicated space for bulk bought purchases. Once that shelf or tub is full, no more bulk buying toothpaste. And three, organise your space in terms of zones. A gardening zone, tick. A camping zone, yes. A dress-up zone, why not? I've got one, everyone should have one. Zones will give you a sense of mental clarity so you'll know where to reach for your gear as soon as you need it. Well, I'm certainly feeling a sense of lightness and calm that comes with decluttering those havens of secret junk. Even if it wasn't my house. So we left Carly with all her stuff out on the footpath. We've given her a few weeks. How did she go? Hi, this is Carly Skernick. Um, just checking in after we went through the declutter and finishing off my garage. Everything's pretty much easy. We've got rid of all the stuff I don't use, which was hard. Do I regret it? No, not at all. Um, and we sold the pram and the car seats, so everything's out of the garage. Everything's just got its space in closed boxes, so it's amazing, and my head is a lot clearer. Go, Carly! And if you've decided to get in control of your space, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call and leave me a message on 1300 or email me a pic at pineapple at abc.net.au. I'm loving seeing those before and after photos. I'm Claire Hooper and this is The Pineapple Project. This season we're getting tidy because life is messy. Next time on The Pineapple Project, it's our last episode for the season. And it's a big one. It's the heart of the home, the engine room, the kitchen. Forget the Pinterest pantry porn. These are the systems you need to make a kitchen functional. Because everyone has a junk drawer. And things get a little personal. You feel quite vulnerable, don't you? (laughs) That's next time on The Pineapple Project. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or hear it in the ABC Listen app. This is a production of ABC Audio Studios. 